I didn't write Led by Faith as a chronological day-to-day diary about living in a post-Holocaust world. Instead, I wanted to share my saga of survival through a string of deeply personal experiences and memories connecting and highlighting the events that most profoundly influenced my spiritual growth. Our national nightmare had rocked my country to its core. Suffering, sorrow, mistrust, and fear were everywhere. Although I'd fully surrendered myself to God's will during the genocide, embracing His love and accepting Him as my Heavenly Father, dearest friend and protector, my life was now filled with new and terrifying challenges I never could have anticipated. In the dark and confusing world that unfolded around me, my struggle to find meaning, understanding, and hope continued. It was through that struggle that I was taught one of the most important lessons I've ever learned. Never take faith for granted. Our relationship with the Lord is the most glorious love affair we will ever experience. But like all relationships, it demands nurturing. It requires hard work, constant attention, and deep commitment in order to grow stronger and flourish. The renewal of faith continues to take place in my life. And I have watched in wonder as the people of Rwanda renew their faith in God and as the wounds of genocide are healed through His love. Even in the best of times, life is challenging and earthly concerns can too easily interfere with our spirituality. As I stumbled through the aftermath of the Holocaust, I learned that finding the Lord is not enough. We have to keep Him in our heart always. We need to constantly discover God anew, trust Him in all things great and small, and make sure that He remains part of our daily life. We must always allow our hearts to be led by faith. Chapter 1. Left to Tell My name is Immaculate Ilibegiza. I was born in Rwanda, the tiny country in Central Africa, that most of the world knows about for one reason, the 1994 genocide in which more than a million innocent people were viciously slaughtered in the cruelest ways imaginable. Yet as a child, I couldn't have imagined a happier or more peaceful place to grow up. Rwanda is one of the most physically beautiful places in the world, made up of endless rolling hills, pine and cedar forests, and lush green valleys. I personally thought I'd been born into paradise. I grew up in a small village called Mataba, in the western province of Kibuye. My family's home sat atop a hill overlooking the vast and sparkling waters of Lake Kivu. Across the lake were breathtaking views of the snow-capped mountains in our neighboring country of Zaire, now called the Democratic Republic of the Congo. While Rwanda is roughly the size of the American state of Maryland, it has a population of more than 8 million, making it one of the most densely populated countries in the world. It's also one of the poorest. Our rural village had a one-room schoolhouse and no running water or electricity. The people, however, seemed genuinely kind and friendly. As a child, I never felt threatened by or afraid of anyone we knew. My parents, Rose and Leonard, 
were warm and generous people who were adored by their four children, my two older brothers, Amabla and Damasin, my younger brother, Viani, and me. Mom and Dad were the first in their families to graduate from high school and among the few in the region ever to go to college. They both became teachers and believed that the only way to escape the poverty crippling so much of Africa was through a good education. Many of the villagers or their children had been pupils of my parents, and Mom and Dad were so respected in our community that they were often called on for advice or to settle local disputes. Church was a very big deal for us. In our house, God was loved and worshipped, and prayer was a daily ritual. Although my parents were devout Catholics, they believed that God was found in all faiths and religions, and they encouraged us to live by the golden rule, that is.